Christ Community Church is called by the God of all grace for the transforming of life in Middle Tennessee, spiritually, socially, and culturally. Through the power of the gospel, from Franklin to the nations of the world, all for the glory of God. For more information, visit ChristCommunity.org. I'm so glad that you're with us here this morning and those who are joining us on the live stream. I want to welcome all of you here this morning. I, my name is uh, Randy Lovelace. I serve here as lead pastor at Christ Community. I want to welcome all of you, particularly if you're visiting with us for the first time or the first several times. We want you to know uh, who we are. As said earlier, we have a welcome center, welcome table outside in our front foyer. Please take an opportunity to stop there and ask questions that you may have. We are in the midst of our new uh, vision series, which is the month of August. And uh, what we're looking at is a restatement, a refining of our vision as a congregation. And this morning, we're on the third part of that vision statement, and it is the call to growth. And I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to read the word. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at that vision statement, and it's going to stay up on the screen behind me here in a couple of minutes. And uh, we're going to be able to have that be in our minds and also prayerfully asking that the Lord would show us what this looks like, because this is not the finish line. This is the start line and asking for God to bring restoration, renewal, and uh, vigor with what God is doing in us, but also what the Lord wants to do through us in this community and around the world. This morning's passage uh, is drawn uh, from Colossians chapter 1, verses 27 to 29. Now, in preparation for today, I want you to keep that up on the screen. Preparation for today, as I was preparing, I realized that I wanted to read a couple of verses before that. So I'm going to start a couple of verses before, and then you're going to see where it picks up in verse 27, because I'm going to begin in verse 25. So just two verses before. Hear now the word of the Lord. And this is Paul writing. I have become its servant, that is the servant of the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. And now verse 27, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. Thanks be to God, that's so good. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect or mature in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which is so powerfully works in me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, this is the commission that you have given to me to make the fullness of your word known. But I am just one person. But you are the Lord. And it is your Holy Spirit that has been poured out on the church, the body of Christ, 
here and around the world. And it is your Holy Spirit that can reveal the deep truths and power of the word that is the only root, the only foundation that we have. Lord God, will you feed your people? Feed your people that we might experience your presence, experience your power, experience what you mean to do in us individually, but also as a body of Christ, the church. Thank you, Lord, that you have not given up on the church. It's your body. So Lord, I pray, feed your people that we might be equipped by your spirit and word to encourage one another. Help us, Lord, help us and help the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we are continuing in this vision series, we have launched a refined vision statement, recognizing what God has done in the past and all that he has done in and through this congregation and refining that statement that was our vision statement, refining it for this new chapter, regrounding ourselves in what is most important and this is what has come from it. It is Christ Community Church exists to make and mobilize disciples of Jesus to love, serve, grow, and renew. And we're spending this month moving through each one of these practices, uh, loving, serving, growing, and renewing. And so this Sunday, we're looking at growth. What are we to expect from the Lord and his vision for our lives. What do you expect from your time when you come to worship? What do you expect when you sit before God's word? What do you expect as you spend time in prayer? What do you expect when you are in a body of believers, the church, regardless of what environment that might be? a small group, a Bible study, a men's group, a women's group, a recovery group, a Sunday school. What do you expect God to do in those environments, in and through his word, by his spirit in your life? And it, it is required of us, it is a calling that I say to you as a man who's in middle age, I am 52. I've become what I never thought I'd be, a middle-aged suburban dude. That's what I am. And I'm just a Presbyterian minister. So I have to say to you, anything I'm saying to you, I must confess to you that I've had to wrestle and be wrestled to the ground by the Holy Spirit because I didn't want to look at my life. I just wanted to keep going. Clocking in, clocking out. But I have a feeling that that's not what Jesus wanted for me. And I know it's not. And I have a feeling there are a lot of people in this room, young, middle-aged and older, who perhaps, like me, have not wanted to say very much about what we expect Jesus to do and what we want him to do in terms of how are we growing as Christians? What's happening in these different environments? Are we just clocking time showing up? I have no interest in that. Do you? I hope not. And one thing's for sure, 
I've said this in other places. I'll say this again. I have no interest in being a religious chef, but I know how to be one. You go to seminary and you spend a little time in ministry, you can learn very quickly of how you're just one big restaurant full of people. And so long as I serve up the meal in the way I think you like it, a meat and three, whatever your jam is, I can learn to know what meal you like. And I can spend the week and I can work on that meal and I can bring it out and it can maybe interest you. And then I know how to leave the stage and I know how to go home because I've done my job. I served up the meal. I have no interest in that. My flesh does, but the spirit at work within me doesn't because it leads to death. And it leads to something that the church is not supposed to be. What Paul says here is that he has received the fullness of the revelation of God by, his, by the Spirit of God and sent forth to work as a servant in the church. And that servanthood is a calling, as I've shared with you before from this very passage, that servanthood is called so that I can make known the fullness of the word known to you as I am able, guided by the Spirit, based on the word, and to pray that you would be equipped and all those who come here, whether you're a believer or you're not, to at least to hear the fullness of the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of God, with the word, that we would actually grow deeper in dependence on who Jesus is. That is what growth is about. And I want us to go deeper. I wanna go deeper. And so let's look at this word this morning. We're gonna do so by looking quickly Deeper in fullness is what we're called to. Deeper in expectation. Deeper in community. Deeper in fullness, expectation, and community. First, deeper in fullness. When Paul says to them, I, meaning Paul, a servant, a pastor, I have become its servant of the church by commission of God. He gave to me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for all ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. What is he referring to? He's referring to this, that before the revelation of Jesus, the mystery of what God had been doing from the beginning and from all eternity had not been fully known. And when God revealed himself, through the word and through his work with Israel, parts of the story were being revealed through God's promises, which we call covenants, through God's action through the nation of Israel, through his faithfulness and provision and goodness. But all of that was ultimately revealed in the revelation and in the incarnation, the mystery, death and resurrection of Jesus. That has now been revealed to the church by the word. But the question is, have we heard and really wrestled with the one story? To go deeper in the fullness of the word is to go deeper in understanding there is one story. 
that is revealed over and over again in different ways, progressively, but consistently. I learned this from one of my professors, Dr. Ed Clowney. In his book, The Unfolding Mystery, he says this about the one story. There are great stories in the Bible, but it is possible to know the Bible stories yet miss the Bible story. It is possible to know its stories, but miss the story. The Bible is a storyline. It traces an unfolding drama. The story follows the history of Israel, but it does not begin there, nor does it contain what you and I would expect of a national story is anything but a history of a nation. If we forget the storyline, we cut the heart out of the Bible. Sunday school stories are then told as tamer versions of Sunday comics, where Samson substitutes for Superman. David becomes a Hebrew version of Jack the Giant Killer. No, David is not a brave little boy who isn't afraid of the big bad giant. He is the Lord's anointed God chose David as a king after his own heart to prepare the way for David's great son, our deliverer, our champion, Jesus Christ. What Paul is referring to as the fullness of the word is that which is now revealed. Every story tells us something about who Jesus is or what he is not type and anti-type. It is telling us about ourselves, but the storyline of ourselves is seen through the human story of what God does in a human population to make known his grace and his goodness. And that is the unfolding story of the storyline that Jesus is the point. All of the law, all of the prophets, all of the kings, all of the judges, all of the patriarchs and all of their, all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Jesus. And the law held over us a sentence which we could not escape. But Jesus, loving, displaying the righteousness of God himself, obeyed the law perfectly. So the law is not something we disdain, something we dismiss, but we look and say, how great is the righteousness of God, but how much greater is the righteousness of God in Christ who has obeyed, obeyed all of it. He has come to rescue us and that story is meant to find a connection with your story with my story, with our story. To go deeper into the fullness of the scriptures and the storyline of who Jesus is, is to expect that God wants us to go deeper into our individual stories to ask the question, where does Jesus's storyline connect with mine? And that means, in the words of my friend Chuck DeGroat, 
That means we have to contend with what one writer called the long bag that we carry behind us. Each and every one of us in this room has a bag that we keep. And in that bag is the stuff we don't want others to see. It's the bag that we put the insults, the rejection, the criticisms, the places where people wanted you to stop being who you are. We put that in that bag. We put other things in that bag. We put trauma and hurt and pain, the things we don't like about ourselves, and we put it in that bag. And it doesn't take long, oh, maybe around middle school or high school, when we realize that bag is really long and I have no interest in opening it up and looking at it. And what Chuck DeGroat says is this, By midlife, we learn that it's required that we perhaps look inside this bag if we haven't already yet done so. By then, life has become all too complicated. Age brings the reality of withering youth, wrinkles, aching muscles, decreasing resilience. Some who want to marry remain single. Some who are married would prefer the freedom of singleness. Debts grow, children grow, and expectations only rise. Save, invest, work hard, get a raise, lose weight, fix your relationship. No wonder they call it midlife crisis. DeGroat says the long invisible bag is a metaphor to help you and me recognize that we have a story that is written uniquely within the context of each individual life that is in this room and all those who can hear my voice. The challenge is asking that the fuller story of what God has done through Jesus Christ, that we take the risk to go deeper and to say, okay, Jesus, Let's look inside the bag that I have, haven't wanted to look into. And to ask and to expect that the God of all grace, that the God of all goodness, that the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has a light and a grace to help us go into that bag to find new life. Because it's too heavy to carry. The first step in growth is to go deeper in the fullness of what Jesus is actually doing and where our storyline connects with his. This is what we are called to. But it also means that we go deeper then, if we're going to open the bag, that we go deeper then, the second point is to go deeper in expectation. That what is on offer is transformation. When Paul says here, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That means, therefore, that we who have received the story of Christ 
through the spirit that those who call on Jesus have been united with Christ in his glory, that he does not mean to leave us as a people who are carrying long bags behind us, but that his glory is actually meant to come in and bring transformation. And it bring real, real transformation. That means then that in the words of Richard Rohr, author and writer, when he says, Christians are usually sincere, well-intentioned people until you get to the real issues of ego, control, power, money, pleasure, and security. Then they tend to be pretty much like everybody else. We are often even we're often given a bogus version of the gospel, some fast food religion without any deeper transformation expected of ourselves. We do not have a fast food gospel. We have a radical transformation bringing truth of who Jesus is. And when we invite him into the deep crevices of our lives and ask that the light of his grace actually brings new life, we can expect it. It is painful and it is hard. I wanna share this story with you that I stand before you as a person who has had to wrestle with whether or not God can actually transform real brokenness. I'm an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse at the hands of those who are not my family members. And for 10 years, I was afraid to tell anyone that story. And it wasn't until after I had become a Christian, still hiding that in my bag, that I came home one afternoon. And in 1989, Oprah Winfrey told her story. And I said, if Oprah Winfrey can do it, I can do it. And so I started talking to the man who led me to Christ about what I experienced. And for 20 plus years, I was afraid to tell any other Christian group or church that I served about that story. It was painful to tell my parents. It was painful to tell my friends. It was painful to find that there wasn't much literature out there to help navigate the space for an adult man who had experienced that. But I am grateful that Jesus and by his spirit opened up that bag that I did not want to open. And I stand before you as someone who knows in the deep places that I've had to deal with guilt and shame, hurt and rejection, but also the other side of all of that rot. A love that has not let me go that has been expressed through family, that has been expressed through friends, that has been expressed through counselors and has freed me up to be the person I never thought I could be. 
And I'm not here to drop that information on you because I, I just like telling that story. I don't. But unless we really believe that the gospel actually brings deep transformation and we don't expect it, then we are leaving the gospel simply to fast food service. That is not the Jesus we worship. This is not the gospel that we believe. And having to wrestle through forgiveness and having to wrestle through where was God, all of that brought me to the end of myself. And I know I'm not alone in this room, but if we cannot ask the Lord to do this story in us, we are wasting our time. Let's just give money to some other 501c3 and let's go volunteer for the Red Cross or for some other organization. Either the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ can receive the expectations for real renewal, real restoration, or it can't do anything. I stand before you as a servant. I stand before you with the story that Jesus is faithful. The gospel brings real restoration and he can bring that to you. Is that what you expect? I want that to be what you expect. I want this to be a community that is real and honest about what we expect of the gospel power of the word of God. And this is the final point. It's not just deeper in fullness, deeper in expectation, it is also deeper in community. I've said it before, I will say it again. I am only standing before you because of a long string of people in community that I have walked with and that has walked with me. We're life on life. We're ears to mouth and me listening, them speaking and sharing deep things. And we're called Christ Community Church. Woohoo! Let's think through that name. This vision statement, Christ Community Church exists to make and mobilize disciples of Jesus. That means that this does not happen without deeper community with each other. Their environments for community here are plenty but it doesn't mean that it is easy to get into it. We have communities that are connect groups. We have Bible studies. We have men's and women's groups all around the church. We have recovery groups. And we just have informal friend networks that get together and have been doing so for years. Community is on offer here. We, as the servants for you need to make it easier to know where to connect to community. We as elders and deacons and staff want to, as this is a starting line, not a finish line, we want to begin to strategically ask the question, how can we better provide real deep community where this can happen? Because outside the community part, we're just lone rangers. And that is not what we're called to. This is meant to happen within the body of Christ because Paul says, we 
that is the disciples, proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature or perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor and struggle and give all the energy that he has worked within me. This is similar to what he says in the book of Ephesians, to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. We're never gonna be able to have enough pastors, elders, staff, and deacons to be able to equip the saints, but we can begin to equip each other within these communities that is, this is a great expression of to move towards deeper community where grace and love and service and renewal can take place. The founding minister of this congregation, Scotty Smith, sent me this text this very day. Deeper community, he had no idea what I was preaching on. Deeper community looks like mining the riches of Jesus together, fighting for each other's joy, stewarding each other's weaknesses, cultivating a friendship, a culture of prayer, play, mission, and hope. That's a lot. But I want to draw your attention to this. Deeper community looks like mining the riches of Jesus together, fighting for each other's joy, stewarding each other's weaknesses, and cultivating friendship. I'm here because of cultivated friendships. And I believe that's what he wants for us. Now I need to finish. But this call is a call to something far deeper. A deeper fullness of the power of the word, of the one story, to connect with our story bringing with it a much deeper expectation for transformation and renewal done in the context of community. It's not easy, it is messy, but it is a mess worth making because it is what Jesus calls us to do. I ask you to prayerfully consider what God is doing in you and where the storyline of Jesus can call us all to something deeper. Will you join me in that prayer as we pray for a new chapter, a new season? Lord, what can you not do in us and through us? Let's pray together. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask you for the fullness of the word of God. We ask you for the fullness of your spirit to bring forth new growth, new community, because this is where you are leading us, deeper, deeper into the heart of Jesus so that we might live in community, in his ways, and in his person. Do this, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.